0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: The college baseball experience. Futures episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and now New York. From boosted parlays to in game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10 and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below the belt grooming. Use the promo code SGP at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. We're also brought to you by stable dual stable dual is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 15 grand with one entry, head over to stableduel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. So go grab that for free today in the app store, or Google play store and let it ride. Welcome, welcome to the college baseball experience. My name is Kobe, swinging Dan to base Dan, aka pick Dundee. That's not a pick, this is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows. Double the price, but no one touches Dundee. <laughs> you bet. I bet you didn't think we were going to do college baseball. But look, anywhere we lay our hat is our home. But I'll be honest, the college baseball experience wouldn't be happening probably without the help of this kind gentleman, S G P N contributor writes tons of great articles, college football, college. Uh, just did a pro bowl one college baseball. Got a brand new article out on the um, college baseball uh, with futures over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Give it up for my guy, Noah B How you doing Noah?
2: What's up, Colby? I'm doing great. I actually
1: wrote a speed
2: skating Olympic article that hit on a plus
1: 800 winners. So, how are you doing, Colby? <laughs> Coming in hot. Coming, in hot. Coming in hot. I hope you guys checked out that speed skating we, we article. Gotta squeeze that in, baby. <laughs> I love it. Uh, look, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I need to. I, I, I didn't even read that one. I, I must apologize. But don't worry, I will get to it. The Winter Olympics are not over yet. The guys got I've you got covered. Got on, <laughs> there you go. You you got uh bobsledding. I, I it's funny, my wife is from dude. Co- if
2: you can join the slack channel, Joel Meyer, Joel Mayer, yeah? he's killing it, bro. Killing <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> I need to, I need to do that. All right, so look, college baseball experience, but look, the winter Olympics experience might, might, might happen in four years. Um, but hey, uh, summer's
2: coming to LA over by you guys. Oh,
1: uh, shit,
2: 2028.
1: More, my family's going more traffic, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I the, the Super Bowl traffic was killing me, man. It was like, uh, fuck, man, we already have shitty traffic. You're going to add the Super Bowl here?
2: Oh but, yeah, and you're jumping into you're jumping head first into the college baseball stuff. I saw you complaining on the refs from the NFL. You do realize that like 85% of the umpires in college baseball have a different strike zone than the other guy,
1: right? True, man, and that's the that's the hard part about baseball more so than uh, I guess maybe basketball's got a little bit of that too, but uh, the the strikes. The
2: casuals, in. we can jump into the hard parts here too.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Let's let's break it down here. Let
2: me no. uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, umpires vary from you could get an umpire calling a pitch on the outside on the outside chalk to a guy that's calling them at the eyeball. So I just want to get that in there real quick.
1: Yeah, and I want to get this in there right now. This is the major league theme song. That's, that's, that's the best baseball music I got right now. Shout out to the classic movie major league. It also makes me, uh, makes me wanted to uh, reconnect. At one point I was in touch with, uh, with Tom Barringer about coming on the show and talking about major league when during COVID we were in communications, never. Never, uh, you know, got never never got on the same page, but perhaps maybe I turn back the clock, send them an email, and try to get Jake Taylor on the show. So here we are, college baseball. We know major league baseball uh, is is I don't know what the hell is happening. It seems like uh, they're very far apart, uh, the players, and so it looks like I I don't know when we'll have huge opportunity
2: for college baseball.
1: Huge opportunity for college baseball. So we said, hey, let's do a college baseball experience. Also, I like look. I love college football. My heart's been in college football since the early nineties. My heart's been in college basketball since the early nineties, maybe even the the late eighties. And uh, so, so I, I, I've always had that passion, but I'll, I'll be honest. I always watch the college world series and, and even a couple, a couple of, uh, you know, regular season games, occasionally I'll throw, I'll throw on, but especially the world series. Now I like to see throughout my life, the coverage becoming better and better as far as ESPN plus existing that goes for, for all three uh, college sports, but Noah, you're someone you you grew up playing baseball. You know all about college baseball. So I, I I'm excited to, 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 for us to break this down and hopefully we'll get game lines. So this is a futures yes. episode. This is a futures. We're going to give you advice on what to take future wise, but we're hoping that there's going to be game lines. Uh, years past yeah. there, there, really hasn't been much for regular season games. Occasionally I feel like if it's a big time matchup, uh, from what I understand, but uh, if that happens, then we'll come back more often. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can build this thing. Uh, yeah. So
2: currently on Barstool Sportsbook, uh, circa, if you go in person um, draft Kings and bet MGM, you can find college world series championship odds for the futures. Um, but I do want to play this clip. How many? How many? The college experience episodes. Do you think you've made in your career at Sports Gambling Podcast?
1: Oof, oof. Probably. I mean, I think definitely over a thousand. Because at one point we. Re- so when you when people see the number on the college football experience, it's actually more because we reset it at one point when we when we when we switched to a different uh, provider or whatever. Um, so I would say over a thousand. Over. So
2: a- I went back. To the very first episode, the good old UCF logo on the college oh, experience. Yes, and I have a, a soundbite from that that I want to play for the people.
1: Sure, let's do it. First ever episode of your the... If you're first time listener, we love college football, college basketball. We we love all sports, but you're going to hear mostly talk about college football, college basketball. Maybe the occasional college baseball when it gets to the World Series. Not. <laughs>
2: guess what? We are the occasional baseball
1: covering the college (laughs) world series right
2: now. And Patty C, he kind of talked a little bit down on baseball. He's not a very big baseball guy from what I hear from Colby, but I do want to thank Patty because he actually was the one that kind of um, encouraged me to get into the SGP world because it was 2 AM in the morning. I just want to tell the story 2 AM in the morning. And I was looking at the sports gambling com, and they still have job listings open right now. And I was looking at it, content creator, podcast producer. Um, and there's something else. Oh, social media manager or something like that. And me, I go to school at a great uh, journalism communication school. I have talent or experience in doing all of it. Okay. And I've done other podcasts as well. So I have some experience in this. And I was like, I, I, I should do this, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm ready, if I'm ready to go to the big leagues because there wasn't another step up. These guys are already huge. In my opinion, they've got a few thousand followers on Twitter. So I'm looking at it. I, I have my resume ready to send Patty. C follows me on Twitter. Okay. Boom. And I was like, Oh, this is a sign. And th- I wasn't, I wasn't prepped to tell this story, but I want to go to uh, this DM that I sent Patty C because I really do appreciate what he said. So I, I said, uh, wow, thanks for the follow back. I'm not kidding you. I was literally looking at my computer, mulling over whether to send in my resume to SGPM. Was it a dumb idea or not? He goes, do it. Sean and Ryan are awesome. They might have something for you to do. If not now, then maybe sometime down, down the road. He goes, hit up Colby too. Maybe he can get you on the show sometime if you're big into certain team or topic. I didn't want to go right to the head guy of the college experience. You know, I, I wanted to work my way up. <laughs> I didn't I didn't hit up Kobe at all. Colby hit, hit me up to do this.
1: Hey, well, so, look, there you go, man. There we so go. I,
2: I just said, I've listened to a few of those episodes when he brings in beat writers and other personalities. Uh, they're probably all more qualified than me. Ha ha. So I said, thanks for the encouragement, though. I'll send it. And then he, he kept going and dude, that guy, he brought me in the SCPN. So I have, I have a second video that I wanted to clip out too before I, I wanted to give Patty C some pra- praise before oh, we got, him of this course, one too.
1: shout out First, to, pa- uh, shout uh, out to Patty C. College world series. I've never, I, I don't think I've ever watched this single college baseball game in my life. That's wild. <laughs> you're a wild man. I guess I I didn't live that. East Carolina had a run last year, and then uh, Louisville destroyed them. So
2: we're bringing in the casuals, and this is ECU's year, Colby. There we're w- doing the podcast. that's ECU's year.
1: There we go. There we go. Right there. Look. Uh, no. But shout out to Patty C. That's awesome. I didn't know behind the scenes all that stuff was going on. No, that's that's really cool. That uh, that that happened. And and really, before we we hop into these futures and talk college baseball. I mean, that's the thing we're all I get it. You said like, man, I, 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 I to, to be with the pros dude. I've always had issues when you, when you turn on TV and you see these journalists that say, you know, I remember specifically, and, and I, I don't mean to, to throw shade at, but I do, I do in a way I was watching this, this clip, I want to say it was Stephen A Smith and perhaps skip Bayless that were saying they're more qualified to talk on their opinion on basketball because they've spent time as a journalist. And I said, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, it, this is, you're just as qualified as the next person. This is which
2: worth- I, I appreciate our guest, Jonathan Mayo, because he even came on and said it, he's more of a, a writer than a scout. And he gave credit to a lot of the guys that he gets in the, his information from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm excited. I mean, it's, it's really awesome. We, we do have an interview coming up with Jonathan Mayo from the MLB. Uh, network or mob.com. Uh, but yes, I mean, it looks so so when when you say, Wow, is you know, it, dude, I feel like we all have opinions, and to me, that's part of the fun of sports is is uh, you know, whatever our opinion is, you know. So, uh, glad so, that, what's that?
2: So, Kobe, a lot of the listeners they're going to be new to the college baseball realm, um, may have heard you from college basketball or college football experience. I want to ask you this: How did you get the moniker "Pick Dundee"? (laughs) Uh,
1: That that happened uh, that happened organically. Um, I believe, I believe. Let me just cue this. I smoke and I drink, and um, I don't have stress, and I'm healthy. (laughs) Uh, No, it came up. It came up originally. Like I, I remember. Just I think we, me and Patty C, were doing an episode where where I was talking about uh, Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> the, 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 fine film, uh, crocodile Dundee. And I don't know what the hell we were talking about, but, um, I, I was saying that, man, I, I know how to make a pick, right? And then i just seen Crocodile Dundee, so I was like Mick Dundee. I was like, instead of Mick Dundee, they should call me Pick Dundee. And it yeah. and it kind of wrote itself from there where we started to have fun with it. You know, and I was saying, like, God go to the land down under for this fucking pick. Right. So it just kind of happened organically on air. It's part of the fun. But yes, I am known as Pick Dundee now. All right. So uh, you know, come to the land down under and and talk college baseball with us. So, uh, yeah, so that's the story. I'm
2: sorry, Sean and Ryan. I'm just inflating his head balloon right now as he's talking about <laughs> 10D. Exactly. Is this going to embarrass me? Um, <laughs> Colby, he, he has 20 years on me, let's just say that. And does it does it embarrass me that I have to ask, is that Robert Redford that
1: plays that character in the movie? And I'm sorry, in, 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 in what movie? And Crocodile Dundee, when you no, post all the no, no, dundee. no, 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 no. But I, I I am a Robert Redford guy. The natural's a classic, but yes. it is Paul Hogan. That is Paul Hogan. Shout out to Paul Hogan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if you I haven't guess. seen Crocodile Dundee, what the fuck you doing with your life? You went look, the only in the eighties, there's there's only a few things that could have existed in the eighties. They tried to do crocodile dundee in like two thousand and three or something. Crocodile Dundee was one that fits in the eighties. All right. They made two of them. They're fun films, but it's like Alf. Alf is a story about a fucking alien. That's a Detroit lions fan in in suburbia, you know, uh, th- that 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 could have only been successful in the '80s. I don't believe it could be successful now. The so, Lions aren't
2: successful ever. Yes, <laughs> you're gonna need it. Like, <laughs> the Lions a need aliens.
1: The, the Lions need aliens to come to to this planet to perhaps be fans of their their so shitty we product.
2: We had one in Stafford and we traded him away.
1: <laughs> and now look at him, right? <laughs> uh, dude, but all so, right, l- let, let's hop into it though. Let, let's hop into some some college baseball because I feel like the the listeners are saying, "Hey, this fucking guy, he's talking about." Dundee. He's talking about <laughs> Crocodile Dundee too. All right. Uh, well, you know. But look, that's available. That is that is available on, uh, on 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 iTunes or on I don't know Amazon. You can find all that shit. Uh, so go watch yourself some Crocodile Dundee and enjoy. Um, but here we are, college baseball man. And you know, last year the one thing that stands out to me from my recollection of last year was that. East Carolina was probably the best team in the country, but they didn't, they didn't win. So I mean, uh, they're going to do it again this year. And then our filthy rivals NC state. I actually felt sorry for him. Do you know how hard it is for me to feel sorry for NC state? Because let me give you folks out there uh, a reason of why I don't like NC state NC state and East Carolina played in football every year Uh, or if not every year, then almost every year. And you know they're kind of a stuck-up fan base, in my opinion. Well, we came, we played a, a year at Raleigh, and uh, we upset them. And as as they were, you know, uh, I, I feel like they might have had Russell Wilson. It was somewhere around that time frame, and uh, we stormed the field in Raleigh in their stadium, right, and took down their goalpost. So they canceled the future matchups. They said we don't. <laughs> they said we don't want to play you anymore because of that. Now, now to be fair, that was a different administration. They recently scheduled something. We played them uh, two years ago or something. Uh, We lost the the COVID year. I believe they actually fucked us up and we start them. We play, uh, we host them week one next year in Greenville, but I have always, that that will always be ingrained in my memory of of them being pissed off that we tore down their goalposts. So they don't want to play us anymore. Um, So I actually felt sorry for NC state though, this past year, because he's this COVID shit happens. They're about to play. Didn't they play with like a a, a, a a depleted roster? They played
2: with thirteen guys against Vanderbilt, and they competed. They lost three to one. Then overnight, four more guys got COVID, so they were left with nine. Now I remember being outraged. I was on Twitter commenting on every every big um, college baseball analyst, and I was like, "Dude, call in their JV team." If people don't know me, I play college baseball myself. I'm on that JV team, dude. We would have been on a bus overnight. We would have showed up there the day of to play that damn game. Yes. We, would have, we would have given up anything to play against to, to put it lightly. One of the biggest factories in college baseball, they're the Alabama college baseball. The last 20 years, Vanderbilt, Tim Corbin and his crew, they had Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, the two best pitchers in all college baseball, you would have been going up against Kumar Rocker in game number two to go to the College World Series. I would have been.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. So here, NC State comes back. You know, uh, everyone felt sorry for him. Everyone. I mean, I was listening to people on on bomb and the SEC Network, and, and they're saying this is terrible. This is terrible. Your heart goes out to them. You worked that hard to get there and, and, uh, and then they, they, this happens and they couldn't reschedule these things. It's, it reminds me kind of like what's happening in college basketball about their conference tournaments. When you see James Madison leaving for the sunbelt and the CAA says, Oh, no, you can't, you can't play at our conference tournament or Monmouth, Did you hear that
2: horizon lifted it. Yeah. Shout,
1: yes, exactly. Great. Shout out to the horizon league for actually, you know, having some, some actual morals and understanding that it's, uh, it's just ridiculous to do that to these kids. Um, so NC state, I'm reading your article. It's available at sports or get the SGPN app, uh, their head coach, Elliot, uh event or event. Okay. He's 90, uh, 926 and 550 in 25 seasons at NC state. He's basically, he's basically the Joe Paterno of NC state without, uh, you know, a lot of kids being, being touched. Um, <laughs> Uh, here we are. NC State. I'm in Penn State country. (laughs) (laughs) NC State is plus fifteen hundred. What What do you think of this NC State team? Do you think they'll have a chip on their shoulder coming into the season, saying, "You know what? Last year we should have won, at least had the chance to 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 play for a championship with our full roster." Are they going to carry that throughout the season? What do you What do you make of this NC State team?
2: One hundred percent. This is my favorite play. Um, you can actually. On, on the article, I put it out, uh, NC State Wolfpack is plus 1,500 on DraftKings. And then on um, MGM, there's actually plus 1,600. And that's kind of what you have to do with college baseball. You have to finicker with a lot of different books to get your favorite number. But I, I think they're going to be very dangerous in 2022. And I linked this tweet from NC State Baseball on the article, and I want to play it the audio on the podcast for everybody. Do it. I I get the chills just from listening to the audio. So here we go. Three things will never be forgotten. Okay?
1: Three things will never be forgotten. The class and the dignity of which these men handle that decision. The second thing
2: that will never be forgotten is tonight, coming back on this bus
1: for this memory will be hitched from our mind forever. Boom. Hold on.
0: And the third thing, the third thing that will never be forgotten is the 2021 Rough Pack team that won the National Championship that was ever played.
1: Goosebumps, yeah. Boom. Goosebumps. He said the, so, tw- the 2021 Wolfpack National Championship that was never played.
2: Exactly. It, so I wrote in the article I know Coach Avin is not going to forget this. And if I know that, and if I know I won't forget this, the kids in that program are not going to forget it. The fans of the program are not going to forget it. I don't care if half the 2021 roster left, they're bringing back almost the full weekend rotation. They're coming out with, with a vengeance on the NCAA.
1: So there we go. And look, Friday, folks, Friday the season starts. All right. You got games all day. They're, the Wolfpack are hosting Evansville out of the Missouri Valley. So, it, and we're waiting to see if there's going to be lines on this because if so, we should hammer this NC State line, I think, right? Poor Evansville. <laughs> Correct. Dude, their top
2: two starters returned from last year uh, Sam Heifel and uh, Matt Willitson. Heifel returns as a D one baseball, second team, all American starting pitcher. And then 2021, the COVID freshman, and that that's going to be a common theme with a lot of these rosters. You get that extra year due to COVID. So he was actually supposed to be a sophomore, but played last year as a freshman. He's playing this year as a sophomore. He put up a nine and two record with 84 strikeouts and 93.1 innings. And then also their number two starter, who's going to be a COVID sophomore this season. He'll pitch on Saturdays, Matt Willitson. He had 72 strikeouts and 83.2 innings. And then they have a monster in the back end of their pen with a closer and Chris Villeman. He enters his also COVID sophomore season with 71 strikeouts and 60 innings pitched. And I think he had like four saves last year. And, None bigger than when he stepped in in close games in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the number one overall team in the country last year. Everybody had them winning the World Series. He stepped in and shut the door on him multiple times.
1: Wow! Wow! Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard for me to feel sorry for NC State or want to back NC State, but you make a lot of sense here that perhaps we should ride with the with the Wolfpack here. Um, Uh, So they have. All the necessary pieces
2: to win this College World Series. The big question around them, though, before you dive headfirst into this, is that they do have a true freshman shortstop and a true freshman catcher. That is the only worry about this team. Um, My hope is that the ACC is kind of a logjam at the top. There's five really good teams up there. NC State's going to be playing good competition throughout the regular season. Close games. The the freshmen are going to be getting good repetition, and I like them in the postseason.
1: Let me ask you though, the ACC just off the top. top, like, so, you know, we know the blue bloods in, in basketball and football, basketball, they obviously Duke and, and uh, Syracuse and uh, Florida state, North Carolina, those four probably, you know, with all their tournament success in, in the ACC, when it comes to baseball, um, it, it, NC States came on late. Right. But what about North Carolina? I feel like I, I had a chance to go to Chapel Hill a few years back. And, uh, and I got, I got to see their football field, but also their baseball field. And, and I got to see, uh, they had a, uh, uh, like a, a, a billboard of all their classic players. And I was just blown away by how many great players played at Chapel Hill. Um, uh, how, 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 do, how do you think, or what would be the blue bloods of, of the ACC and, and who, who do you think could push them this year? Would it be North Carolina? Would it be as Clemson? All right. Or is Florida state. I feel like decent. I know Danny Cannell played uh, baseball there. Uh, as well as football, but what, what- so your
2: your true blue bloods of the ACC, they're typically North Carolina, Florida State, Miami. This year, North North Carolina is not really projected to be a great team. Uh, they lost a lot of experience last year. They barely actually made the tournament last year. Um, the team that you're gonna want to watch out for if you're looking for blue blood in the ACC to lay some money on, it's Florida State this year. They come in with one of the best. Weekend rotations and Mike Martin Jr., the son of legendary head coach Mike Martin, uh, he's stepping into his father's role. This is his third year as head coach. Mike Martin Sr. built this program on hitting. They're in a very hitters friendly park, uh, a little bit of a bandbox, like an AL East Stadium, you know. Um, Mike Martin Jr., though, he has built this team off of pitching that will carry them to the World Series this year. In um, saying that, the batting lineup is efficient as well. Uh, two bats to keep your eye on is Miami, Florida grad transfer Alex Torrell oh, dude hit 24 oh. tanks in 2019, and he transfers to his cross-state in conference. This
1: is like seeing this is maybe because college baseball doesn't get as much coverage, but NC Nick has been saying this forever with the transfer portal being insane. Well, not forever, I guess, since the transfer portal has been, uh, you know, for the past two years, uh, that one player will transfer from Duke to Carolina at some point or Auburn to Alabama, which just seems like they should be arrested for doing so, but leaving Miami, which is interesting because Miami's number 25 in the preseason top 25, Florida state
2: Alex Rodriguez.
1: Yeah. And, 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 home uh, and, and Florida state preseason, number 11, both these teams play on Friday. Florida State plays. Patty C's JMU Dukes. Uh oh. It's easy to see a tide turn. <laughs> uh, and and Miami is hosting the Towson Tigers. Um, okay, so that's the ACC. Louisville, any good? I remember Louisville beat the shit out of East Carolina back when you played that clip.
2: That, that- you're, you're correct. Louisville is uh, typically a good team. Um, I don't know if they've established blue blood status. They could have. Um, I'm actually sort of a Louisville fan as as well myself. I visited uh, their campus. I went on to that baseball field, very nice field. It actually has um, their football stadium uh, in right field in the distance. It's a very cool view. Um, but, Louisville actually supposed to have an off year as well. this year.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Louisville playing Charlotte on Friday, North Carolina, by the way, hosting Seton hall and Duke is preseason top 25. From what I'm seeing here, number 23 hosting Virginia military, uh, Duke, are they traditionally decent in baseball? Duke is okay. Um, year in year out, they typically grab
2: their, their coach is great at recruiting. Okay. Um, they're bringing in, A kid named, um, why, why is his name escaping me? I played him in travel baseball growing up. Uh, this is bad.
1: It's okay. Uh, It's okay. They're bringing in talent though.
2: Yes. He's bringing in talent. The shortstops, number one, uh, shortstop in the nation for being a freshman. Uh, why, why can I not think of his name? I played against him growing up. Alex Mooney from orchard Lake St. Mary's high school. There we go. Uh, Kid is the best player I've ever seen with my own eyes. Like on the same field. Dude was insane.
1: Wow. Wow. So so they're number 23, so they could they have high hopes for the season. Georgia Tech is number 21. They're taking on Wright State. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it Wright State that had that crazy upset last year?
2: dude, it still burns. You really had to do that. To me, I had I had Wright State coming out of the Tennessee regionals, bro. First game. Okay. They're up eight to five. Eight to five. They Last inning. They load up the bases pitching. And then Tennessee's leadoff hitter, Logan Gilbert, I think his name is. I might be forgetting his name because it's just out of spite. Dude hits a grand slam. One if you're looking for a reason to get into college baseball, go look up Tennessee walk-off home run against Wright State.
1: Oh man.
2: That's it. Because that atmosphere is electric. Each stadium max maybe eleven thousand fans. All I think it's seven thousand in the Tennessee Stadium and Volunteer Volunteer Stadium, all seven thousand on their feet, exploding. Exploding, dude. Wow It is like a walk-off touchdown or a game winning shot in basketball where they if you could storm the field, which by the way, let's bring that back. Yeah storm the field, baby. Well, what's if going on with the our field, with our society, by the way. Have done it.
1: Yeah what's going on with our society where they're given they're they're saying we can't storm it. That's what the fucking college experience is about. What are you doing? Um, uh, I gotta ask you about, okay, let's switch over to the Longhorns of Texas. Um, look, the the college football and college basketball experience. And I'm going to go ahead and say college baseball experience. We have no problem talking shit about the university of Texas because I think a lot of the conference realignment, it seems like they're always unhappy. And, uh, look, I get it. They're a great. I think they've been a great. Ba- like like I said, I'm no I'm no expert on college baseball, but I remember Roger Clemens went there. I think Spike Owen as well. Um, uh, they're they're supposed to be loaded this year. Is this the is this the team to beat? You think coming into the season, the Texas Longhorns. They're definitely the team to beat
2: entering the uh, in the preseason, entering the season here. Um, beware with the college baseball fans, though. They love Texas because they have that long Longhorn network. And they can pr- broadcast every game. It's clutch. I will say that. So I've grown up actually liking the Texas program because I'm able to watch their games. Head coach David Pierce comes in with the 2020 run group that had their dream of winning College World Series dashed in the semifinal last year. They lost to the eventual national champions, Mississippi State. They were a couple hits away from appearing in the College World Series final. Mm. So they bring back a lot of the pieces this year. And I will uh, fill in. We're actually recording this part of the podcast before the Jonathan Mayo interview. Um, Texas did lose their ACE time at it, where he said he believes that most of the weekend rotation was coming back. Actually the Detroit Tigers, my team drafted time at it. So I'm very excited about it. He fell in the draft and I think we got a steal there, but uh, their rotation is believed to be one of the best in college baseball entering the 2022 season. Um, it's going to be very hard to score on these guys. So it's just
1: so, so do the rice owls have any shot on Friday at Longhorn network, 7 30 PM on the East 4 30 on the West. Do the rice owls have any shot to, to, to pull off the upset day one against the Texas Longhorns? No, No. right. (laughs)
2: Tristan Stevens, he comes in with an 11 and three record. He'll be starting that game. He had 77 strikeouts and 111 innings last year. Dude is a machine on the mound. Then they're going to come in. Probably if that game is even close, they're going to come in with first team, all American Aaron Nixon. He finished the 21 season with 27 appearances, nine saves in those appearances. So that dude will shut the door on him um, on Saturday. It, it's a three game series on Saturday. Pete Hanson will hurl for the burn orange. The South ball had a nine and one record with a one, eight, eight ERA tallied 80 K's in the last year's campaign with only 23 walks. And he was also named as a second team, all American by D one baseball. And then reliever turned starter, Tanner Witt will start on Sunday. He had a three to one strikeout ratio and 21 as a reliever as well. So this is going to be, that's buzzsaw of a starting rotation for Texas. It's going to be very hard for the rice Owls to score uh, Cruz, Their head coach was actually the first base coach of the Detroit Tigers last year. Great hitting coach. I believe he'll get rice to hit, but I don't think it's going to
1: come in. this year. So, so let me ask you this. You know, we, uh, we, we know Texas and Oklahoma are on the verge of going to the sec, which will probably make their baseball programs even better because of uh, <laughs> how good the sec is already in, in, in baseball. But the big 12 I see, you know, and there's a big time matchup uh, going on Friday. I think probably the game of the day, number three Vanderbilt against the uh, number seven, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state, number seven. So is it a two team race? You think within the big 12, is there a chance that you know, that I, I know uh, Sonny Dykes, uh, you know, was a big time baseball player at Texas tech. I know their program was decent for a while. Could in the big 12, is it, do you think it's just Texas and Oklahoma state? Or could it be, could it be a few other teams Are the Oklahoma Sooners decent? Um, I see Texas Tech's number 14, by the way. Um, so uh, TCU number 17, do you think uh Texas is just going to walk away with this one, or is this uh, going to be a little bit of a competition?
2: I, I'm really excited for the series between Texas and Oklahoma state, because I do think it's a two team race here. Uh, Josh holiday has really kind of built something in the middle of nowhere. Still water, Oklahoma. Um, his pitching staff is really good this year. They have a great bullpen and the top three guys in there, uh, Justin Campbell, Victor Medeiros and Bryce Osmond. They're going to, they're going to do some damage in the big 12. They'll be right there with Texas, neck and neck in the conference.
1: Yeah, and and um, and, and just so folks know, I mean Vanderbilt uh, Friday, like I said, I don't know if we'll have lines on this. We're hoping that uh, we will. Vanderbilt Oklahoma State is maybe the game of the day when you look at two top ten teams playing. You also do have though uh, Texas Tech is taking on Michigan. I think that's your boys, Michigan there uh, Friday eight o'clock. Um, also, uh, like I said, rice is taken on Texas TCU is at San Diego state. I know San Diego state's got a decent baseball history. They're not ranked this year. Maybe, maybe a chance of an upset there. Uh, Arizona's at Kansas state and, uh, Oklahoma's at Auburn. That should be a fun one. Uh, I, any of those games catch your eye that besides obviously the, the elephant in the room with the, uh, the Vander, uh, the Vanderbilt Oklahoma state game.
2: Yeah. So you're talking about, um, some of the marquee matchups coming up this weekend. Uh, I myself, I'm very excited in seeing the Michigan squad this year, not really expected to do too much damage nationally, but uh, playing Texas, Texas tech, they always seem to have, uh, a good marquee matchup to open up the year because we can't really get Northern ball played up here. So yeah. they go down South last year. They played Vanderbilt in Arizona this year. They're playing Texas tech in the Texas Rangers stadium. This is the second year of the globe life field college baseball Tournament. Um, I'm excited for that game. And then also another game that I'm excited for is uh, I don't know if you, I, I kind of zoned out as I was looking for my favorite games. Did you mention Oregon state and Gonzaga?
1: No, I did not, but please talk about it. If, 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 uh, cause we can, that could be our next topic is the, is the pac 12. Um, But yes, talk about that game for a second. I'm I'm
2: excited to see this game. It's on Saturday, February 19th. For anybody that doesn't know, Oregon state has a pitching rotation, a weekend rotation that I really believe in. Um, I myself as a pitcher, am a funky arm angle type guy. Um, If you don't have the velocity to blow some of these guys away, you gotta be creative. And that's what this Beaver rotation does. Um, their number one guy, Con- Cooper Jerpy. Here, he throws kind of like Chris Sale, like wind up dude. Comes from like three quarters sidearm delivery. He had a four to one ERA, which casuals are like, dude, that's kind of high, you know. In mm-hmm. college baseball, they can hit the shit out of the ball, and you can hear Jonathan Mayo mentioned in his interview that uh, college baseball pitching is. Notoriously low. They like the college baseball hitters in the MLB drafts, so ERAs are inflated. But this dude's batting opponent's batting average last year was 2.22, and that is shutting down teams. Just his only runs come off of walks. If he can limit his walks, he's going to be elite. They also have this J- Jake Fenning kid. He's going to be starting on Saturday. Last year, he had a five and zero record with three two four ERA. Um his arm angle is really funky as well. He comes from straight over the top 12 o'clock arm slot. It's extremely frustrating to face because his fastballs are extremely downhill. And he also has some good lateral movement. So I like that kid a lot. And then Wolf Frisch, I'm interested to see what they do with him. And yes, I'm very pitching biased because I am a pitcher, grew up uh you you need to be backing college pitchers when betting on college baseball, because hitters are a dime a dozen. In my opinion, there are elite hitters on different teams, but you need to have some horses in your pen and starting rotation to do some damage nationally. Will Frisch last year was three and zero oh, and 40 innings pitched had a two three two, three, two, three, eight ERA. He's either going to be their closer or Sunday starter. So I'm very interested to see what he does against Gonzaga and Gonzaga could be a team uh, that does some damage out of the West coast conference. We'll see what happens.
1: And Oregon State plus three, th- plus thirty uh, three hundred to uh, to win it all.
2: Hey, yes, I, well, I like that. I gave it out. They're notoriously there last year. Um, they actually got upset. Well, not really upset. They were supposed to lose the Dallas Baptist. It was a two three two seed Dallas Baptist up against three seed Oregon State. Uh, Dallas Baptist uh, had a clutch home run in that. Final game to give them the regional victory. So I'm looking for big things from this Oregon State squad.
1: There you go, Oregon State currently number 18 in the in preseason polls are taken.
2: Oh, and I'm wearing Oregon State sweatshirt because I love that program and I respect their original head coach Pat Casey a ton. So gotta love I, the Beavers, man. That. Yeah sir. You,
1: you absolutely gotta love the Oregon State Beavers. I love their football program. Their basketball program had a great run uh, last year, but this year they're struggling. Yeah. If you can
2: build something in the Northwest over there. And most kids, my age are like, why would I want to go to Corvallis, Oregon, to go play my sport? You know, if you can build a baseball factory there, like Pat Casey did, you have my respect.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Oh, and then they also have this Australian freshman, um, Travis Bazzana. He's going to come in as second baseman. I think he's the number one freshman playing second base this year. Dude, hits for contact. He's like a ET uh, row, maybe. If wow. you're MLB, yeah. MLB guy dude j- just throws his bat out there, slaps it. He'll get it up the middle or into the gaps in the outfield. He'll he'll put some good numbers up.
1: Wow, that's impressive. Uh, uh I got I I'm, I'm I'm intrigued. They they, they played New Mexico on Friday too, so uh, I am going to be uh checking out the Beavers. Dallas Baptist is the team you referred to and I, I want to talk more Pac-12 in a second, but they're number 22 in, in the uh in the preseason polls could, is this a team that uh, could make it of, I mean, mid-major wise, I see uh, UC Irvine, Dallas Baptist and uh long beach. East State. Carolina. Yeah. And uh, there we go. East Carolina, <laughs> uh, the pirates. Uh, I mean, that's a team that we all know. <laughs> This has got to be their year, right? They've been good for for a few. They've been good for a while now. This has got to be the year. Talk to me about my pirates.
2: Okay, so if you are a guy that followed college football and you were rooting for Cincinnati all year, okay, East Carolina or Dallas Baptist has to be your team this year. These are the two teams that could that notoriously do well in national tournament. And East Carolina plus four thousand. And uh, Dallas Baptist, I believe, was even higher, 6,500. Dallas Baptist is very exciting with the bats. They can hit the ball out of the park very easily. And they bring back uh, one pitcher, Luke Eldridge. He's a six year super senior with a 4 0 record, 225 ERA last year. Um, and then their center fielder, Jace Grady, he uh, is the most complete player in their squad. Batted 337 with an on base percentage of 417 slugging for 534, hit four home runs, 40 RBIs last season with 15 stolen bases. That's a complete player right there for you. But let's get to your East Carolina parts Because I am a believer in them too. This is not just me sucking up to my co-host here who's <laughs> allowing me to but, jump but, onto that, a but, but that's that,
1: podcast but we 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 would uh we would welcome that as well.
2: Which <laughs> we we jumped on a zoom earlier before I even wrote this article and you were like, how legit is this squat? Do you actually believe in them? I do. I. They've been there every year. Um, this is a team, uh, squad, coaching staff that has just experienced heartbreak year after year in college baseball. They've been in the NCAA tournament 18 times in the past 23 years. Okay, they've just had terrible draws. Okay, like that's just when you get put into the NCAA March Madness tournament, you draw the best 12 seed that was. Dave, maybe Davidson this year that can just light you up from the three point yeah. perimeter. It, like that's just awful, <laughs> awful draw. Whereas like, if you go on the road in the college baseball tournament, it's hell. Okay. The three teams, the th- three most recent ejections from your super regional rounds are in 2016. When you play Texas tech Lubbock is ridiculous. Like if you saw Texas tech against Texas, in the basketball game two weeks ago, when Chris Beard came back, imagine that fan base in a 8,000 seat stadium, just chucking beer everywhere. And (laughs) sounds like East Carolina (laughs) just being as hostile as possible. And then in 2019, you played at Louisville. They're traditionally a very good team. Um, they actually made the world college world series that year. They had a kid, a kid that, uh, was pitching against Vanderbilt. This is this is me—the image of Louisville the last three years—and it sort of taint, tainted it for me. This kid, he would love this kid, Colby. He steps off the mound. He's flipping off the other team's dugout. Fuck you, fuck you. Like <laughs> he strikes it, out the side. You you got to look up that video because that kid just was so animated. <laughs> then later in the game, gave up like a game-winning hit or something like that. So people, Vanderbilt was very excited. <laughs> and then in 2021, last year, you guys had. Um, a great squad again, going to Vanderbilt, speaking of Vanderbilt, all three programs that I just listed mainstays in college baseball, and they're extremely tough environments to play in. The toughest part for ECU is that they are in the American Conference, which is relatively uncompetitive. It's almost a guarantee that head coach Cliff Godwin's squad finishes the regular season with forty plus wins, but their strength of schedule does not set them up to be a top eight national seed, which is what you need to be to host mm, the Super Regional.
1: Those bastards keeping us trying to keep us down. East, ECU's plus four thousand, so you know damn well I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna place this bet on East Carolina, and I also want to cue this because when you're at East Carolina, you. Go for it every time.
2: Or you don't coach at East Carolina. You don't come to East Carolina. You don't play at East Carolina with a weak
1: heart. Write it. I am writing it, alright? I am betting this thing, Cliff Godwin. Entering year eight at East Carolina, and I think he's gonna do it, man. years You sold me. You sold me. So we've talked some of Dude, the
2: So you I haven't even gotten into their pitching staff yet. Their number one guy, Carson Wizenhunt. Is, is going to be a top prospect. My prediction this year, I think he'll go in the top 10. I think he uh, just steps out and becomes like a national figure because this dude, if you haven't seen him, he rocks this classic blonde mullet, <laughs> which are, which are very popular in baseball. Now he's got a handlebar mustache as well. He's one of the nasty, he has one of the nastiest changeups in the college baseball scene. Um, and then he's a D one baseball, first team, all American. And this team actually has a very strong bullpen as well. So when they get into that tournament, if any of their top three guys, the weekend rotation struggles a little bit, they're going to bring in this kid, CJ Moylan or CJ Mayhew. Mayhew had 34 appearances out of the pen last year with 76 K's and 50 innings pitched. He was three and one last year. And on the offensive side of the ball, they always hit. This team is very, very clutch. And at the plate, Josh Moylan, he batted three 10 with six dingers last year as a freshman. The biggest thing in college baseball is to look for the kids that can make a huge freshman the sophomore year jump. This is the kid to keep an eye on for East Carolina.
1: There we go. And the Pirates host Bryant Friday. Bryant University coming down to Greenville. Uh, we're gonna kick their ass. Um, uh, let, let's uh, let's talk. Uh, well, look, I wanted to talk a little bit Pac-12 before I hop into the SEC. Pac-12. We talked on Oregon state. Do you think a team uh, like who's going to be challenging? Is it the Arizona wildcats? I see their preseason 15. I see Stanford's preseason sixth in the nation. Um, Is there uh, perhaps some other teams in, in the, uh, the pack 12 that perhaps, you know, could, could give uh, these guys a run? for uh, for, for the conference championship. W- w- what's that scene looking like there is, I know USC has got a rich history, but it seems like they haven't been uh, great as, as late as of late. Yeah.
2: So for me, it would be the teams that you want to look out for is Stanford. Number one, um, we touched on them with Mayo as well, Stanford, Arizona, uh, o- Oregon state. Like you mentioned, UCLA is the team that I want to personally keep my eye on this team in the past few years has made some noise in the college world series tournament. And I, I'm a believer in this team. I think they can do it with the bats and their pitching notoriously as very good in one season in the mid tens, 2010s, which is weird to say um, they had Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole on the same, in the same weekend rotation. Who's to say they don't have that again this year. So,
1: wow. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe I got to get out to a game here in Los Angeles. Uh, so uh, the pac 12 seems to be decent. Let's hop on over to the, uh, the sec. The uh, this is uh you know just a powerhouse conference when it comes to to college bat uh b- baseball anyway, college basketball a little bit too this year shit they're having a great year all over um but you know I know Mississippi State Vanderbilt those schools always good you know uh I know uh what Mississippi State's getting uh tw- plus twelve hundred odds to uh, to win it all uh Vanderbilt plus thirteen hundred. Um, is this a, a two team race or do you expect, I mean, uh, I know Auburn's play in Oklahoma Friday. I know uh, uh, Mississippi state was play. That's another ranked match. The best game of the day is probably Vanderbilt, Oklahoma state, but I see long beach state number 24 in the nation at uh, against the Mississippi state number four in the nation. Maybe that's, that's one to keep an eye on, but uh, the Florida Gators, uh, can they contend with uh, for a, a ch- uh, an sec championship? Will it be to, to walk me through the sec a little bit on, on which teams we should watch. And if there's a 10, I know the uh, Tennessee volunteers are solid. Like we touched on with that uh, walk off against right state. Um, w- walk me through the sec a little bit. So definitely not a two
2: team race here. I, I'll, I'll step in and say that on any given night an sec team can beat another sec team. It's kind of crazy how talented this conference is compared to other conferences. They're no doubt the cream of the crop. The Big 12 this year is not as good as it usually is. And the ACC is taking steps up, but still not quite at the SEC level. And the Pac 12 is just kind of the next tier here. Um, I have a question. I have a couple questions for you retaining to the SEC. In the past 10 years, this one might not blow you away. How many College World Series champions have come from the conference of the SEC?
1: See, and this is one where I would think like I know Vanderbilt and I feel like Mississippi State and LSU just are always good. And maybe that's me remembering Will Clark and Rafael Palmero at Mississippi State in the in the 80s. But um uh I'll say in the you said past 10 years, right? Past 10. Let's go. Let's go let's go 6.
2: 5. So, it's not it doesn't blow you away, but the next two will. How many college world series did not have an sec team play in it in the last 10 years? Uh,
1: let's go five, one, what? Damn that, that is impressive right there. So they've, there's yes. only been one world series that didn't have an sec that, in the last 10 years, which is kind of crazy. And And this, and this isn't more. like college football where they just put, they just put them in there. They have to actually yeah. earn their way there.
2: 64 team yeah. tournament they're earning their way there one more question in the last 10 years how many college world series were competed between two and sec teams how many how many title games or title series were played between two sec teams
1: oh man i would say in the last 10 years um well well based on those numbers you said uh, so what f- f- four i got three three
2: this okay what i counted on. Which is just insane. That's six teams and 20. That's wild. Uh, playing against each other. So, to answer your question, though, there are plenty of SEC teams. SEC love to go around in my article. Uh, I'm on a few of them here. The Florida Gators are kind of my team. Um, for those that may not know, my aunt actually played basketball for Florida. So, awesome. Just very, very established. I follow that squad a lot. Uh Kevin O'Sullivan's a great coach. He's 585 and 278 and 14 seasons at Florida. Um last year was kind of a dumpster fire for them though. Um they came in as the number one preseason ranked team. And although they did host a regional, they were the number 15th ranked team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they flamed out. They lost two games in a row. They lost to the four seed and they uh lost to the two seed, I think. So they went oh and two in that regional. Um Needless to say, that new ballpark that they opened up last year did not work for them. But they bring back a lot of pieces. they they were very young last year. Uh, their center fielder Judd Fabian is one of the top MLB prospects entering the year. Um, he got he got drafted in the second round last year after everybody was expecting him to be a top fifteen overall draft pick, one of the best college bats. He only batted two fifty eight two fifty 250 last season with a high strikeout rate. So I look for him. To uh, kind of bring down that strike up rate, strikeout rate, bring up the hits and his average. But uh, to fill in for him, their right fielder Sterling Thompson last year, he was a freshman. He blasted 27 home runs. He slashed 301, 396, 470 in last year. If he can make that freshman to sophomore jump like I was talking about, he could be one of the best hitters in all college baseball this year.
1: Wow. Wow keep an eye on the, the Gators Gator, Gator, Gator. Uh, yeah. It sounds like we're gonna yeah. have a lot of sec baseball going on at God's eye here. Um, as <laughs> so I, I, I know, I do want to touch well, on Georgia Mississippi
2: right? state, Mississippi state, it would be dis- dishonest to not hit them up a little bit, give them some love. They won the college world series last year, national champions. Uh, they lost some key pieces from that team. Um, Tanner Allen, their outfielder, who's their star had a couple of Hits for the squad, and then the star of College World Series last year. There's always this one kid that just kind of glows with energy, and the ESPN cameras love him. That was Will Bednar last year, the right handed pitcher. He was actually their second pitcher, uh, the Saturday starter for most of the year until he emerged, um, last year over a kid named with the last name McLeod. Uh, that McLeod kind of blew up in the postseason, but uh. Bednar was the star and they lost him. So now they have some questions around the pitching staff. We talked about it with Mayo as well. Um, Landon Sims is a very interesting character for the 2022 college world series season. This kid was the closer last year for the bulldogs. He had a hundred strikeouts with only 15 walks in 56 innings pitched kid was insane. He's going to be the Friday night guy. There's some questions there. And as pitcher myself, when you go from a reliever being a reliever to being a starting pitcher, when you go from him last year, they only really expected him to throw 25, 30 pitches for one or two innings as the closer. Now they're expecting him to ramp it up 75, 80, 90, 100. When it comes to college world series time, there's some questions around the kid, whether he can do it. I think that kid can the next kid though, is the real, the real problem in my eyes is, Preston Johnson, he wasn't as dominant as the closer last year. Sims, um, Johnson had a three eight two ERA with fifty strikeouts. He only had fourteen walks as well, but I mean Sims had double the strikeouts that he did. So Sims and Johnson, being the Bulldogs' top two starters, asking how far this team can go in the postseason is a valid
1: question. Interesting, because Mississippi State Bulldogs—they've got a rich history. Uh. Our friend Mike Leach, friend of the program, has uh, has uh, come on here many times. So we all, we always have a soft spot in our heart for Hale State. Hopefully, they can get these things accomplished. Okay. Well, look. We've previewed most conferences. I know the Georgia Bulldogs are also decent. I was trying to to sandwich them in there too, but Hey, you know, look, we're going to get to more of this. uh, But first I want to tell you, and and by the way, don't forget, we have our guest Jonathan Mayo from MLB.com. He's a draft and prospect expert. He's been a reporter with uh, MLB.com since 1999. He is going to be joining us in a couple minutes here. Uh, but before I get to uh, Mr. Mayo, I want to tell you guys that the college baseball experience is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet's now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10 and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Propswap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to propswap.com or download the Propswap app today. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below the belt grooming. Use your promo use our promo code SGP at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. We're also brought to you by stable Duel. stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 15 grand with one entry head over to stableduel.com to get started today. And last but not least, we're brought to you by us. Yes. The SGPN app is live in the app store and Google play store. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hello. You can check out Noah's brand new article uh, on the co- college baseball and on futures, you should bet. You should go to get, if you get the SGPN app, you're going to have access to that. I'm sure he's going to do more of these college baseball futures, college World Series championship odds and best bets. He dropped that article. That's Noah Bean. It gotta check that out. So go get that SGPN app. It's free to and it's free in the App Store and Google Play Store. You got no excuses. All right, so grab that thing and let it ride joining us on the college baseball experience. We have MLB.com draft and prosper expert. He's been the reporter at MLB.com since I 1999. I give you Jonathan Mayo. How you doing, Jonathan? We appreciate you coming on the college baseball experience to talk about the upcoming season. Thanks for coming on Jonathan.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. I think I'm not certain, but did I start working at MLB.com before Noah was born?
1: (laughs) That can be confirmed. I mean, that, that right there just coming in hot, coming in hot. So <laughs> here we are, you know, The we're, we're at the sports gambling podcast network here. So, you know, college baseball is one of these things where I feel like uh, the sport is growing and I, in more States are legalizing gambling. So I, I, I just feel like uh, the college baseball perhaps, you know, growing uh, much like a lot of these sports perhaps are, do you have any early, I mean, I feel like it's like with college football, you got the, you got the, uh, the Alabama that it's a safe pick, you know, uh, you know, they're going to be in the, in the mix somehow, some way. Is there a few teams like that, that just automatically, you know, doesn't matter the year that that will be in the mix? Yeah. I mean,
0: let me, let me start by saying that I, by no means a college baseball expert in terms of teams that are good because I'm so focused on each year's draft. Um, But I think it's I think it's easy to point to, to Texas, um, as a, as a team, that's going to be, you know, will probably be around, uh, their entire weekend rotation from last year is back. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt's always good and around, uh, I think Stanford's going to be really good this year. Um, there's a few teams there, but Texas, I think is preseason number one on a lot of, uh, a lot of rankings and anytime you can bring your entire weekend rotation, um, you know, back from, from the previous year, uh, that, that is always a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got to ask though, what got you into scouting and like, what is your favorite part about your job?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I always have to give this disclaimer. I am not a scout in in any way, shape or form. And I, I'm always, you know, make sure that I say that because what I do is I talk to people who scout um, and I report you know, based based on the conversations that I have with with them, those those are the guys that really make baseball run. And I never want to try to sort of usurp their, their knowledge and their expertise. Um, But uh, in a nutshell, you know, when I first started at MLB.com, I was doing a lot of major league stuff. And a few years in right around 2003, uh, we didn't really have anybody covering prospects. I would do some things here and there. I covered the the futures game. We did the draft every year because it was big online back then. Um, and so I shifted to just covering prospects in 2003. And it's, it's grown, you know, there are so many more sites and reporters doing, you know, what I do, which, which I think is great. Cause I think the more, the more the merrier, but I, I really enjoy telling the stories and letting, you know, the, the sort of general baseball fan know about these guys before, you know, before they're, you know, Mike, the Mike Trout to the world.
2: I definitely, as a consumer, I definitely appreciate that. And that kind of leads into my next question here. Most of the population, when they see you, it's most of the time on MLB network around draft time. So if you couldn't choose Jim Callis, who I know you work with a lot, who would be your favorite talent that you work with?
0: Of the people at MLB Network, you mean? Yeah. I like working with a lot of them. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pick out two people. And I mean, I could go on. First of all, I think Greg Amsiger is maybe the best uh, at what he does. Uh, and, you know, he, he's, he's kind of a goof, but I, I can tell you, and I mean that with the utmost love and respect. I love working with him, especially yeah. when it's a, something live, when you can kind of just riff off of each other hosting the draft is, is an impossible task. I would not wish it on my worst. I mean, there's so many moving parts. He does not get out of his chair for, I don't know. It's like seven hours. It's, it's insane. And you know, when he's reading, you know, a guy gets drafted and he's reading the the background information on a guy, he writes his own reports for those. No, he's taking it from information on our site, other sites, things like that. But, he, he wants to be familiar with the player. So he's probably the first, I really enjoy working with him. And then from a draft standpoint, the uh, you know, last year I wasn't on the, on the desk. Uh, and then the year before because of COVID nobody was anywhere, but I, normally I went, if I'm on the main desk, I sit next to Dan O'Dowd, the former general manager. Yeah. Uh, and he is fantastic. And he loves the draft and he really gets the draft. So not only do I like uh, you know, sort of we riff off of each other, but it's also nice when like we're in a break and we can like share some notes with each other and talk about what's going on in the draft and our reactions to it. So uh, those are the first two guys that, uh, that come to mind, but uh, Jim Callis is my ride or die.
2: I I love uh, watching Dan on MLB. Now he's actually my favorite um, guy on that show, but you mentioned Greg and I love Greg. He's basically just the head guy on the booth for every MLB tonight uh, every draft coverage you see. I actually in prep went and listened to your podcast where you three (laughs) drafted your uh, top five rounds, the top 15 picks. And you guys talked about that on that. And I thought it was pretty cool uh, insight into what his daily job is. Dude,
0: I mean, he knows his stuff too. Like when we did that podcast, um, we, we were, you know, we, we were prepared to like, if we need to feed him a name here and there, you know, like yeah. well, he's got a lot of other things to do. He did that off the top of his head. Like he had guys at the ready, like, so he yeah. knows his stuff. This is not just a talking head who shows up Um oh, and yeah. he's, you, you talk about MLB tonight. I mean, and that's like his baby. He loves that because the live TV and reacting off of things happening. That's when I think he's, he's at his best. He is a lot of fun to watch.
2: His energy just radiates yep. through the camera screen. Um, it, it really shows a testament to how he can recall, I think it was a dodgeball game, like throw for throw, how it ended or something. It was either dodgeball or roller derby from that podcast. I thought it was very cool.
0: Yeah. It was one of the, like the weird, one of like the weird things that he had to broadcast yeah. his broadcasting career. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: I have to ask because it was the huge story from last year's college world series. What was it like watching your coworker's son, Jack Leiter? Last year, how do you feel about his current minor league situation, at MLB future?
0: I mean, basically, I feel old because uh, <laughs> you know I've been doing this long enough that I covered Al when he was pitching. Oh you my know, god! So, uh, so that's that's kind of crazy. Because before MLB.com, I worked at the New York Post, so you know I've known Al a really, really long time, and I've known Jack since he was in high school. You know, I saw him summer showcase stuff before his senior year. And I, you know, I remember interviewing him and he carries himself like he does now, you know, he, he, like a kind of 10 year big league veteran. And he pitches that way too. I, I I'm excited to see him get going. You know, it's, it's sort of this weird thing where he has the combination of stuff and feel for pitching and understanding what he's doing, where I think he can get to the big leagues really, really fast. Um, but he hasn't pitched a lot, you know, cause you know, yeah. he's. You know, he he pitched uh, at a prep school in New Jersey uh, for high school. It's not a ton of innings there. He pitched over the summer before his senior year, his freshman year at Vanderbilt, you know, was what four starts, uh, you know, because of the pandemic Yeah. and, and, and then this last year he pitched the whole year and he was, you know, he was amazing. He hit a little, a little dip, you know, but I want to see what he does over the course of a whole year pitching every, every five days, you know, but he's the kind of guy that I could see getting up, uh, up to Texas, you know, in a year, just because of his understanding of what, what he's doing uh, and his stuff. But we don't really know. It's, it's kind of exciting to have a guy that you're like, wow, I he's going to be really, really good. He's got a really high floor, meaning you're, you're pretty certain that he is going to be a big leaguer, but there's still question marks because there's a lot of unknown uh, because we haven't seen that much of him.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, what, what prospects like in the past uh, have, have blown you away in person. And is there one in particular for this year that would give you perhaps that feeling from a draft perspective? Yeah.
0: So I think the guy that I liked the most in this year, I'm going to answer the second part first. And yes, that is partially so I can tap dance and think in my head, uh, you know, (laughs) previous guys. But um, I think the guy that I liked the most I'm, I'm, I'm going to go the high school route if that's okay. It's going off the board. Sure. Um, but the, the I think I have a better feel for some of those guys cause I saw them is Tamar Johnson, who's a high school, uh, infielder. He's probably a second baseman, which is kind of, he's not the biggest guy in the world He's from Georgia, but he is one of the best amateur hitters. Any of us or it, scouts have ever seen. We've talked to some scouts who think he might be the best high school hitter they've, they've ever seen. Um, and I saw him, he played in the, uh, you know, Major League Baseball does this high school All-American game now. Uh, and he played in that. And then they had a home run derby the day before. And if you, you know, if you saw him lined up against the other guys in the derby, you're like, no way. But if you saw him take batting practice before, you, he was my my pick and he did a ridiculous. Re- ridiculous amount of damage. And it's, it is just a home run Derby, but then, you know, in, in the game, he was content. He'll hit the ball the other way, but he, you know, left-handed hitter, he can drive the ball. I mean, he had some balls in the upper deck in Colorado, uh, during that Derby, uh, he just can really, really hit. And, you know, I have a weird bias when, if, if a guy is really thoughtful on a really good interview, I tend to like him more, maybe, you know, maybe too much. Uh, but he, he came on our podcast and he was absolutely uh, amazing talking about the sport, talking about being a, you know, a, a young black kid in a game that uh, hasn't always been kind to, to, to young black players. And, and he was just amazing. And I think it speaks to his makeup, but he can really, really hit. So that's the guy that I think I, I am a little familiar with who has jumped out to me the most. And then I'll give a shout out to to Cole Young, who's here in in my backyard in in Pittsburgh at North Allegheny High School, he's a pretty good high school shortstop as well. Awesome. And then I think I skipped the uh, the first part. in Recent years, I mean, I think the easy one probably would be. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a draft guy who, like I saw. Do you the want to bounce thing, it is,
2: for a second more? What's that? Do you want to bounce it for a second more?
0: No, no, it's a, it's all right. I think I, I can come up with one. It's funny because I'm thinking of one from a really long time ago, and it, it, it's a it's a good example of not everybody you see who blows you away makes it. So there was a guy named Chris Lebansky who's from Eastern Pennsylvania. It was one of the first times I went and did like a you know went and saw him play and hung out at his house and did this whole story about he would get up at five thirty every morning and take hundred swings in his basement. You know, it's it's Pennsylvania, so the weather's terrible, and you know, and he ended up going number five overall. Uh, in, in his draft, and the thing was the 03 draft, and um, he never made it to the big leagues. Uh, but the game that I saw him, he, he was a double doubleheader. He went eight for eight with five homers, something like that. And you know, it's yeah. Eastern Pennsylvania, but it was still like I hadn't seen anything like that. Um, but I guess then the next year, I, uh, I did a similar thing with Neil Walker, who was here in Pittsburgh and that turned out okay. So, you know, but it shows you that, you know, just because the guy is, is considered to be that good and taken that high doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to make it to the big leagues.
2: I can definitely agree. I have a testament to that. I kind of, you know, growing up, um, there was no ESPN plus the only college baseball you saw was when it was nationally broadcasted. So you would get like three or four Vanderbilt games a year. I fell in love with Carson Fulmer and he just kind of fell off the face of the earth.
0: I keep, I keep waiting for him. I know. know, Like it's funny when they, they they put him in the bullpen. He was with the pirates for, for a half a minute. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe he'll figure it out. Cause I like, I like him too. Um, you know, great arm and, uh, uh, yeah, just that you know, from the college game, listen, uh, Mark Appel. Um, there's another number one overall pick and it's not like I saw Mark Appel and he blew me away, but I figured, all right, even if if it's not great, he has such a feel for pitching. He'd be a number four or five starter. I mean, and he Mm -hmm. never, he's never made it to the big league. So, uh, it's hard, you know, it's, it's a very small amount of guys, even the guys at the top of the draft, make it to the big leagues, let alone become stars.
2: Okay. So while we're on the prospect scene here, uh, at the sports gambling podcast network, we also have a podcast called the MLB gambling podcast. The host Malcolm Bamford has a question for you. How has the pandemic and shortened seasons affected the pipeline to the MLB? Has it been loosened up allowing prospects to skip levels or will there be a log jam in these teams, minor league systems?
0: I think it's going to, it's going to be a little while before we really know how all of this has impacted. Um, and it's even hard to say whether a player skipped the level right they they play low a then we didn't hear from them or maybe they were drafted then you don't hear from them and then it oh they jump all the way up to high a or double a but we the public didn't see them for a year yeah. and i think some guys you know worked their tails off you know made some jump in development whether it's even from a physicality standpoint or added a pitch or you know you know made some adjustments to their swing that none of us saw you know, that maybe internally the team saw because they had their alternate sites going or instructional league. Um, and we only got some reports on those guys. Uh, and then they, so it looks like, Oh my God, they made this huge jump. What happened? You know, but really they, it would, if there'd been a normal 2020, maybe it would have just been a natural progression. And the flip side of that, I think there are some guys who like for sometimes through no fault of their own, right. They got stuck in their country and couldn't get out and they couldn't work out, you know, they couldn't work with coaches, whatever it is, they've fallen behind. Now, can they catch up? Some of them are young enough. Maybe. Yes. I think we've all seen guys who show up to spring training out of shape one year, they kind of learn the lesson and then they're fine. You know, after, after that, they, they take conditioning seriously and, and, and they continue to on their way, you know, up to, to big league stardom. But in terms of what long-term impact it may have for that, that pipeline. I think it's un, it, it's unclear. Um, the one thing I will happen is that I think, you know, a lot of us in this business, we think about what age guys are for their level. Are they age appropriate? I think that's all going to skew a little bit older because there are going to be enough guys that have to start at a certain level because they missed so much time or, or they went back to college because they missed that year. So, uh, you know, even if it's just a, a mentally... Oh, if a guy's 24 and he's in double a, that's, you know, is, is that getting too old to be a prospect? I think we have to kind of recalibrate that a little bit. Now, maybe it'll, the pendulum will shift, you know, in another direction eventually, but, um, I think it's still sort of inconclusive at this point.
1: I, I think that's something, though, in general, that we are all what, no matter the sport, as as you know, we were prepping for. I'm already, you know, prepping other sports, NFL draft. Uh, you know, it's looking the USFL at a, game. Yeah, 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 USFL. Look, like I was, uh, you know, going through there, and and same with NBA and and college basketball, and and what COVID did is they gave you know extra years of eligibility, so all of a sudden your talent pool. maybe, I don't know if it was, it was dry last year, but now you have two, you have so many players. The USFL was actually saying this was a a good problem for them because there's only seven rounds to get drafted in the NFL. So with all those players gaining much more experience, there's some guys that got, you know, six years of eligibility because of the the extra years of COVID mixed in with the the transfer portal, which seems to be going insane. And I mean, that's one where uh, uh, diving into college baseball, I, I, I it is I have
2: extremely hard to follow with the transfer
1: portal. Yeah. That's that, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I feel like a little bit in the dark on the transfer portal, but I also think that it won't all sports be affected by this where, you know, maybe the talent will be better say this year and next year because of all the, all the experience the, the college kids are getting.
0: You know, it, it might be, it is a strange thing. I mean, my son is a college baseball player and he's academically a junior, but athletically a freshman, you know, he could play forever, uh, it seems so, and he's not at the level where he's going to have to worry about, you know, playing beyond, uh, beyond college, but, um, but I think without question that it's got to have an impact. And I think it's interesting. You bring up the USFL, which I will, honestly, I know nothing about you know, other than, unless you want to start talking about the days when Herschel Walker played in the USFL. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but uh, I think some of those sort of lesser leagues in baseball, the independent leagues um, are going to be the beneficiaries of an influx of talent as guys sort of get squeezed out. And you look at baseball, not only do you have the pandemic, you also have the contraction of the minor leagues. So there are fewer teams, there aren't rookie ball teams. um, So Uh, if I'm a college player, why wouldn't I go back? Will that squeeze, you know, some college players out of division one, you know, and have them look at division two, division three, NAIA, you know, whatever it is. So yes, I I think that in baseball around and, you know, and in sports in general, there is no doubt going to be an impact. And like I said, I think exactly what that impact is, like in terms of the overall product at the highest level, we're going to have to wait and see. So while we're on the
2: topic, we brought in USFL. Can you give our listeners who are mainly uh, college football fans and college basketball fans? um, They may know the name Brock Jones from Stanford football. Can you give his backstory and kind of what he's all about?
0: Yeah, he he he's a you know to me guys who are multi-sport guys. I something stuck with me a long time ago, and I can't even remember who it was that, that told me it was someone who had been a multi-sport person. And, you know, they basically said, play as many sports for as long as you can until someone either pays you to play just one or gives you a scholarship to play just one, you know, and and Brock Jones had the ability to play both sports at Stanford um, for a little while. And then he gave up football, to focus on baseball. And when he did that, his baseball game really took off. I, it, it, you know, a lot of times you think of college hitters and they're, they're like the safest bet when it comes to the draft, they're the they're, they're ones most likely to make it. Um, but maybe their ultimate upside is a little bit limited. The thing that's kind of exciting about Brock Jones is that he is one that rare breed of a college hitter who has a ton of upside. Um, you know, he's got a ton of power. He's got speed. Um, you know, there's a lot of confidence there. He brings a football mentality, uh, to, to the field, which I think is a very, very good thing. Um, he's, you know, already strong and athletic and can run. He, he looks like he's going to hit, you know, so he's going to get to that power. So I think, you know, it's been a while since a Stanford hitter has done really well in the draft, but I, I think he could go out and end up as a top five or 10 pick, uh, we did our top 100 uh, draft prospects in December and he was number seven on that list. And I could see him landing somewhere and around there and maybe, you know, trending upwards towards the very top of the draft. If the power and speed shows up consistently this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah he is. Oh, go ahead. No, me. I'm sorry. i was saying you, you mentioned the top, the, the, the top, Prospects, uh, you know, potentially being him. I mean, can you name a few others? You know, for for the listeners that just want to know, hey, who should we be monitoring uh, when 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 the season, you know, essentially uh, kicks off this this weekend?
0: Yeah, I mean, so right now the top college player is is Jacob Berry, uh, and it's a, he's an interesting case because he's at a new school. He transferred from Arizona State to Louisiana State. He basically, followed his coach there. Um, but he, you know, he is a guy who is uh, an, an incredibly talented hitter, uh, not as athletic as Brock Jones. He's a third baseman. Maybe he ends up at first, but he's a switch hitter. He's got ridiculous power from both sides of the plate. Um, Reminds some people, you know, a little bit of Andrew Vaughn, who made it to the big leagues. Um, but as a switch hitter, um, you, you want to talk about uh, maybe Mark to if you remember him, the former big leaguer, um, you know, but it's the bat, you know, so it, it's gonna be the kind of thing like, can he play third? I don't know, but can he hit most people really think so. So he's the first guy that comes to mind. And then the next, the next guy is a uh, shortstop from Cal poly, uh, Brooks Lee. And he, you know, he's a kind of, uh, the thing that really stands out for him is his ability to hit. And then the power started showing up. I think he probably doesn't stay at short. He probably moves over to third it slowed down just enough, but the power is showing up enough. Usually, you know, for third base, you want a good amount of power and run production. I think he's going to, going to do that, but he can really, really hit. He's the son of a coach. He was a pretty good prospect out of high school. And, you know, you may wonder, well, why, why did he end up at Cal Poly? Well, his dad is the head coach of Cal Poly. So he went and played uh, when, you know, when to go and play for his dad. And, uh, you know, so he's got like a lot of coaches, sons who he's got a really good, feel for the game uh, and, and really good instincts. And I think uh, that will really help. And, you know, so I'm only mentioning hitters because the college pitching class wasn't great to begin with. And most of the top arms have gotten hurt. So there are a whole bunch of question marks. So we don't have a college pitcher on our top 100 uh, until number 13, Blake Tidwell from, from Tennessee.
2: I can, I can definitely speak to being a coach's son growing up around the game. You kind of just get forced to learn almost every position at that point, because when you grow up, at least for me being a travel ball kid, um, if there was an injury or a kid was sick, you filled in at that spot when your dad or coach needed you. Colby, what were you going to say?
1: No, I was just saying that, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing that, 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 that you know, that the, the pitchers are that far back, maybe because of injury or, or whatever. I just f- found that statistic to be pretty crazy. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a couple guys at Tommy John surgery, so they're not even going to pitch this year. It's it just uh, the it, it, other guys don't have great track records. It's just they're. I don't think there now. Invariably, there's a college pitcher or two kind of jumps to the foreground, has a huge spring and then moves up because, you know, that's a, it's a little bit of a safer bet and people are always looking for pitching, but you know, if, uh, the draft were today, there would not be a college pitcher taken in the, in the top 10 picks, unless someone was cutting a deal and saving money. Wow. Gotcha.
2: All right. So it's like you said, it, it's kind of been spread around that the pitching talent pool, uh, isn't the strongest. And you named that Blake Tidwell is the best college pitcher you've got. Um, do you kind of have a top three that you can name or can you go a little bit more in depth on Tidwell?
0: Yeah. So right now the top three are Blake Tidwell at Tennessee, uh, Connor prelip at Alabama who had Tommy John surgery last May. So he's our second highest ranked college pitcher. Now the one, the one, the guy who's third on our list now, who I'm the most interested in seeing, is Landon Sims. Now, if Tell people are college kid, baseball interested. fans, um, they know who Landon Sims is. Oh, yeah. Um, because he was Mississippi State's, to call him a closer isn't, isn't even fair. I mean, he was their go-to guy in the bullpen and was just absolutely lights out in the College World Series last year to help them you know, win it all last year. The thing that's making him interesting is that he is moving into the rotation. Yeah. How do you think he'll be this year? I think it's going to depend on, on, you know, his ability for his stuff to hold up. Um, there's some effort in his delivery, but he throws yeah. strikes, um, throws <laughs> you know, so I think he has a, has a chance to be a starter because he's a, a strike thrower. Um, he, he's, he, got some comps to Craig Kimbrel if you want to put him in the, in the, in the bullpen, but you know, his, his teammate, uh, it was Will Bednar, another Pittsburgh yeah. area guy who pitched out of their bullpen and then moved into the rotation and that turned him into a first rounder. And most people think he can start. I think he has a chance to do that, but he's got, you know, plus fastball, he's got an absolutely ridiculous slider, uh, the change up, you know, we'll have to see he, he, he has one, but when you're pitching in relief in college, even in relief, you can get away with the two pitches. Yeah, even in the big leagues with his fastball and slider, you know, that's a good thing for a team that's going to consider him is that maybe you send him out as a starter at first, but he could be in the big leagues, you know, in less than a year just with that fastball slider combination. And then if you want to stretch him out after that, you know, it depends on which team takes him. If he has a big year as their number one starter, he's the guy who I think could will climb into into that top 10 and maybe the best college pitcher but we've not seen it right Yeah, we've seen him dominate in you know two maybe three inning stints at most but we've not seen him stretched out yet
1: um uh, a uh, common belief is that you need good pitching though to make the college world series run what, what is a program with maybe i don't know more than one you know MLB pitching prospect is there any out there
0: yeah, I'm doing a quick, uh, I'm doing a quick look down our list. Yeah, of course there are some, I mean, listen, you know, you, the, you look around the, in the major leagues and there are plenty of guys who are, um, not first round picks, you know, or we're not, you know, or we're under the radar, uh, kind of guys. Um, but I am looking right now and I am not seeing two guys, who jump out as like, oh, well, you know what? Florida State's got a couple of lefties who are interesting. Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard. Um, They were right around the 50 range in our top 100. Um, So uh, interesting left-handers. I'm not sure they both end up starting. Um, You know, University of Florida's always got some interesting arms. They're led by Hunter Barco this year. They don't have a, a second guy who like jumps out at you like, you know, a few years ago when they had, Three guys who could have been first round picks. Um,
2: but, and the Tigers organization,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, trying to look, hold on a second, I feel like Oklahoma State. So, you know, it, it, Jim Callis and I split up the country, uh, and so his half of the country I'm never as well versed in. Gotcha. So, Oklahoma State's got the you know, Bryce Osmond, um, is, is a guy. Uh, and it's interesting. You bring
2: up Oklahoma state on some uh, gambling sites for the future's odds. They are the number two team and the number four team. And it kind of just sticks out like a sore thumb. What is so special about them?
0: Do you yeah, know? no, they've got, they've got some talent. Victor Medeiros transferred over there. Um, uh, he's probably their best pitcher. They've got Justin Campbell. So they've, they've got three interesting pitchers, Justin Campbell and Medeiros were in our top 100, not super high, but you know, keeping in mind that if you're in our top 100, that means, you know, the industry thinks you're going to your talent wise should go in the top three rounds of the draft. So, you know, you know, I don't mean to like be kind of belittling a guy who's not considered to be a top tier first rounder, uh, because like I said, you know, there are guys in the Hall of Fame who were, you know, sixth round, eighth round, 10th round, whatever picks.
1: Uh, All right. Go ahead, Colby. I was just going to like college baseball, in my opinion is notoriously underreported. I just want to know why, why do you think that is? And then do you have, you know, some go-to media outlets for college baseball that perhaps, I don't know, maybe our listeners and myself included can, can, can use, or what, what do you True. think? Why, why do you think that is first off?
0: Well, so the places I would say that, I mean, I still think baseball America does a very good job. Uh, with their college baseball coverage, Teddy Cahill, who used to you know work with us once upon a time, is their is their main college guy. He's great. Uh, D one baseball, um, uh, and and those are some you know a, a good combination of guys who have covered the college game for uh, a long time. Uh, Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fit, and uh, the, they do a really good job. And that's that's all they do is college baseball. Um, while you know, Baseball America is spread around a little bit. The, those are probably. Uh, you know, the, the two sites that, that come to mind, I'm sure there, you know, there are others in terms of why it's underreported. I mean, I think one of the things that I think strengthens say, you know, college football and college basketball is the fact that it's always, you know, it's always been on TV. And some of that is because those players go straight from the college game to the highest level. Um, or at least have the, have the chance to, so you're going to see them immediately. Um, and I think it kind of ends up working as a two-way street um, and, and feeds on itself, you know, cause a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, boy, this guy stepped, you know, I know who's going to be in the you know, NFL draft because I want to know who's going to be coming and helping my, my team right away. So then you end up watching more college football and then feeds on itself with baseball, you know, those players, you know, maybe they're getting to the big leagues faster than they used to, And I do think that the gap between the highest level and the college game and even the high school game has, has shrunk uh, some, you know, in recent years, but they are still going to go into the minor leagues where you're not necessarily going to, maybe you'll read about them more than you used to, but you're not going to see them as much. There's more ability now to watch minor league games online and things like that. But by and large, they kind of vanish. So if you're just kind of a regular you know, major league fan, even a really good, big major league fan, maybe, you know, who the top couple prospects are in your system once they're there, but there's that, that, that gap, I think between that, and I think that that has something to do with it. And it's, it's a shame. Like college baseball is great. It is. I love it. So Wish they hit with wood, but you know, can't have everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we're running out of time, but before we let you go, do you have any favorite moments or college baseball memories you'd like to share?
0: I do. And I haven't, like, I don't get out as much as I used to. You know, I have to spend so much time talking to, you know, the Scouts, as I said at the top, like, I, I don't, I don't have a ton of time. Um, covered an SEC tournament and saw Lance Lynn pitch, knew then that he was going to be like a just a absolute bulldog competitor, uh, cause that's who he was. But probably my two favorite memories one is performance related and one is not. Um, I went and saw, Steven Strasburg's last regular season home start for San Diego state. And he pitched a no hitter and it is still the only like no hitter of any high level that I've ever seen in all my years of baseball. I've come very close, but never, I never have actually seen one. So I got to, I did a whole bunch of stories. And when he was the number one pick in the draft and then the one year that I picked um, uh, that I covered the college world series in its entirety, he was old at the old Rosenblatt stadium in Omaha. And that, is by the way, one of the greatest sporting events of all time that people should go check out. It's just, it's so much fun. The energy is so high they're playing for so much. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I love watching the guys who are going to be, you know, who are the, the, the big draft picks and how the draft is after the college world series, but you know, who are going to be the, the next big stars, but also the guys who, you know, always step up in, in those kinds of tournaments who will never play beyond that. But have their moments in the sun. But the thing that really stands out for me is that year was the year before Tony Gwynn took over as San Diego state's head coach. And he was working for ESPN. He was doing pre and post game because he had already been hired to be the coach. He wasn't allowed in the booth. So I spent 12 days in the, in the press box sitting next to Tony Gwynn talking baseball while watching the college world series. And, uh, anything you've ever heard or read about Tony Gwynn about how magnanimous he is, And how personable he is, and how much he knows about baseball, it's not doing him justice. It was. The most amazing twelve days of baseball in my life.
1: I bet that sounds amazing. uh, That's—I mean, I was a huge fan growing up, so that—that sounds incredible. Well, we—we thank you so much, Jonathan. Uh, Guys, Jonathan Mayo, he's on Twitter at Jonathan Mayo. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward. Please come back and talk college baseball with us or MLB. Uh, Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Anytime. That was awesome. That was really awesome. Chatting it up with uh, MLB.com's Jonathan Mayo. Everyone give him a follow. Once, once again, at uh, at Jonathan Mayo on Twitter, that was awesome ch- chatting it up, but we got to have him back as the season, you know, heats up uh, with college baseball and perhaps the MLB will come back. Um, uh, so here we are. All right. Before we get out of here, I just want to quickly go through I'm here with with Noah B. Nick, Give Noah a follow by the way on Twitter at uh, 70 that's S E V E N T Y 7 N B. Um Noah here, uh, w- let just give me a couple of the teams that you think could th- there's great value in. So if someone's trying to place a bet on the college baseball futures and I know you have this great article over at podcast.com. so go check that out or get the SGPN app. But before we get you out of here, I got to ask you on a couple of those. All right. So 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 fire away, Noah.
2: Okay. So yes, great value. You get the eyeballs popping, but if you're sold on a team and like I am with, like we said, NC state with an angle value, don't matter if you're sold on them. So if you go on land to circa, you can get them at plus 2000 right now. DraftKings 1500 BetMGM MGM plus 1600. That's your best odds for online books. I'm sold on NC state, but if you're talking value here, you can hit up the article on S U P N Oregon state's a great team that I like. I like their pitching staff a lot this year, the Georgia bulldogs, like you referenced are trying to fit in at the end there, they're plus 8,000 on DraftKings. I really like their pitching rotation as well. And they're very experienced bringing back a lot of fifth year COVID guys. They're coming back to play. This is Kramer's angle. They're being with their brothers, you know, like they're going to come back and they're going to do this with their brothers uh, in 2020 when uh, the season was canceled due to COVID, they were the number three ranked team. They bring back a lot of that team. Still um, the one, the one more, one more team I'll give out is uh, East Carolina like <laughs> Oh,
1: there like we go. Year, that is what I'm talking about right there. And I'll just do it again. Yes, yes. Who doesn't like that song? <laughs> exactly. It's impossible not to like. Okay, look, before and we're going to head out of here, but uh, the, Friday we got we got games all weekend. The season starts this Friday, folks. You got no excuse. Look, yeah, that, yeah, college basketball season. I love college basketball, but you can mix in, you know, baseball with basketball. Come on, this is America. Um some of the big games, I touched on uh, rapid fire. I'm just going to hit you with who's going to win these matchups here. Um, let's go, let's start out with, uh, Vanderbilt against Oklahoma state. What are you doing?
2: So I think Oklahoma state wins game one. I think they still game one with uh Friday night starters home home field advantage. I like Vanderbilt. I like them to get the next two.
1: Okay. Okay. and, and, that that's all. This happening this weekend. Uh, Long Beach State, Mississippi State. Any chance the dirt bags of Long Beach State? Or I know they tried to get that name removed. Ridiculous. Who's offended at the a dirt bag? For baseball, good, good. Uh, Long Beach State, Mississippi State. Any chance for an upset?
2: Long Beach State. They play this Big West game where you muck the game up. You grind out. You manufacture your runs. I think they steal game two of the series.
1: Okay. Okay, uh, Michigan Texas Tech, you're boys. I'm sorry. Uh, Texas Tech. <laughs> TCU San Diego State, is there any chance the RR our, our gals, the Aztecs, you know, we love San Diego State here on this pod. Uh, any chance they 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 steal a couple games or what do you think?
2: I'm going
1: 3-0 TCU there too. Mm, mm. Um all right. Well,
2: look. Actually no, that's just one game. I I got TCU.
1: Okay. Okay, uh and look we got Bryant, East Carolina. I just got to throw that in there. East Carolina rolls, right? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, it's Cal State, Fullerton, Stanford.
2: Oh, this one's a good one. Um, I like I like Stanford first two for sure. Fullerton could steal game three.
1: could. Interesting. interesting. There we go. Cal State Fullerton, Arizona, K State. Any chance the Wildcats get upset by? Oh, that's the battle of the Wildcats. Battle uh, of the Wildcats. Yeah. Any chance? now Arizona wins that one. Arizona rolls. All right, folks. Well, look, we will have more covered on. Uh, hopefully, as as we you know we learn more. Hopefully, it'll be lines for college basketball or college basketball, college baseball all year. So subscribe to the college baseball experience. Uh, uh, the, on the sports gambling podcast network. So right now we don't have a, a separate feed for the college baseball experience, but uh, j- right now just subscribe to the sports gambling podcast network or the college. Uh, you can find the college baseball experience on t- on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Let's do this damn thing once again. I want to say this as we go out. Um, <laughs> so
2: my socials are seventy seven NB, but mainly I want to give out my email. Sure. Uh, I don't, I barely use it. I don't have anything there. If you are a fan of one of these teams and you want to hear us cover them more, or if you have something that is relevant, some news information that we need to know because we asked Mayo um, on the podcast, it's relatively unreported. It, it, it's under under reported. If you have information on your team, email me at 77 and be gmail.com. It's greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, you sound like uh, the end of a uh, uh, John Walsh America's Most Wanted episode. If you have seen this guy, contact this number. But yes, do that. Give him an email uh, and let's let's get it going. College baseball. Look, we don't have MLB this year. Fuck it. Let's go all in on college baseball. Yes, sir. We appreciate you. Yeah, look, no, everyone. Like I said, give Noah a follow. He I know he plugged it at seventy seven NB. I'm at the Colby D. The the college baseball experience is on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network's on Twitter at the SGP Network. Give them all a follow. Go get that SGPN app and uh yeah.
2: Happy. Can we make a movement as well?
1: Yeah, let's start
2: a the fucking sport, movement. The Sports Gambling Podcast. At the end of most podcasts, we go let it ride. College baseball, it's a huge thing to stomp on the plate after a home run. Let's let that fucking baseball ride and stomp on the plate.
1: There let's we go. go. Let's let on let the baseball. Uh, ride and stomp on the plate. I hope I got that correct. And we'll let's just go-, go.
2: Let it ride, stomp on the plate. Well, let's let's
1: go. go. Let it ride, stomp on the plate. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here.